talking about the things that matter most to you, Catholic Women Now. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Catholic Women Now. I'm Julie Nelson. Good morning. I'm Chris Magruder. Yep, she's back in the saddle again, right? <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> yep, it's great. It's great. So, hey, we're, we're delighted that you've chosen to be with us, whether you're listening via radio or via podcast, and you can go to our website, iowacatholicradio.com, and find out all the platforms that are the podcast is on, but we find we have found out that there are many of you who do listen by podcast. So thank you. Thank you for your support, and we appreciate your prayers as well. Yes, and this morning we have Lorraine Bennett back in the hot seat with us with her husband, Art. Mm-hmm. They are authors of the book, The Emotions God Gave You. We just had her here last time. What was that, two weeks ago, Julie? Something like that in her, her recent book that she wrote on The Little Way of Living with Less, Decluttering with St. Therese. Yes. Uh, so you can go into the podcast links and look for that one. It was it was a great conversation. Yeah, it was so, so fun. We're like, we got to bring her back with yeah, her husband. <laughs> yeah. Well, this book is really amazing. And I think it's really appropriate for our time because, Chris, have you, as you have heard me say many times on my soapbox, when my kids were growing up and they would say, I feel this and I feel that. I'm like, do you feel or you think? Because that used to drive me crazy. Yes. And you taught me to use that with my kids, too, actually. Oh. So. <laughs> I used it. I still get the eyeball roll, even from my adult children. Yeah. I look at them. Well, and I have to catch myself once in a while, too. Well, I know. I yeah. know. It's so part of our culture. And I think this is this is a good time to talk about emotions because it just kind of subliminally, I think, brings that up in our psyche a it little does. bit. You know? It so, does. Well, so, should we start with prayer? Absolutely. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. <clears throat> Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So last week we introduced, so we were having a new segment in the beginning of the show called the um, Beauty, Truth, and Goodness, and looking for things in the culture or in our church that we find that that really live that out. And so I, and I know this is really now on all, a lot of the internet sites and making the social media rounds, but I saw this a couple of weeks ago. I think this is beautiful. The NBA coach, Joe Mazzula, he's the coast, co- coach, coach of the Boston Celtics. So he was doing a press conference over a victory they had over the Miami Heat on November 30th. And so evidently Prince... William and Princess Kate was at this game. <laughs> and uh, so when the reporters asked him in the post-game uh, mm-hmm. conference, he goes, did you get a chance to meet with the royal family? And if not, what what was it like to have them there in the building? And without missing a beat, he just sits there and he says, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph? And the reporter kind of nervously laughs and responds, uh, um, the prince and princess of Wales? And he goes, <laughs> Oh, I'm only familiar with one royal family. I don't know much about them, but hopefully they're Celtic fans. Oh, God bless Isn't them. Isn't that great? It was yeah. just so, yeah. just rolled off his tongue, just mm-hmm. so normal, like it should be. And it was. You know what? And it's so cool because I have been noticing people writing JMJ at the top of their yes. notes lately again and letters that I've been receiving just in the last couple of weeks. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. That's great. And mm-hmm. yeah, he, he's a devout Catholic and. Husband of two children, but I have to share one thing because I always like to read the com boxes on these kinds of things. And one person writes, I'm not even religious, but this phrase is simply beautiful. Mm. Amen. Beauty. Beauty. Truth and beauty. They shine. That's right. So we're just not called to be lights in the four corners of the church, but into the public square as well. And can do it without being 
way out there. He's Amen. Just very simple. So, Amen. Yeah. I love the way he just leaned in and, yeah. and said, oh, the Holy Family? Just rolled right <laughs> off his tongue. Amen. He didn't hesitate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're excited today to uh, have on the show Art Bennett and his wife, Lorraine. Lorraine was on the show a couple weeks ago, but a little bit about them. Art Bennett is a licensed marriage and family counselor and founder of the Alpha Omega Clinics in Maryland and Virginia. Lorraine has a master's degree in philosophy, and like we said, it just her newly released book, The Living, Little Way of Living with Less, we just talked to her about a couple weeks ago. The Bennetts have four children and live in northern Virginia, and Art and Lorraine Bennett are the authors of the best-selling book, The Temperament God Gave You, which I think many of our listeners are probably familiar with. However, we're having them on today to talk about the emotions God gave you. So welcome to Catholic Women Now. Oh, thank you so much for having us on. Yeah. It's great to be back. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. Well, I, I'm going to start with the first question. So the goal kind of of your book, as I saw it, was to have balance in our emotions to achieve that. And in your book, you note that even before the fall, Adam and Eve's emotions were perfectly balanced before the fall. Right. Exactly. Sadly, original sin <laughs> kind of messed it up for the rest of us. <laughs> mm, mm. So what that tells me is that we have hope that we can have somewhat balanced emotions. We don't have to live in chaos. Right. Exactly. And, and what I'm wondering is, what would that have even looked like <laughs> to have balanced emotions? <laughs> I mean, walk with God in the cool of the day. <laughs> yeah, well, it would, it would not mean that they had no emotions. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like even the catechism, we always like to point out, in the catechism of the Catholic Church, it tells us that um, the emotions are neither good nor evil in themselves. And in fact, uh, we need the emotions, especially love, um, in order to achieve, you know, what we're supposed to achieve in the spiritual life in order to become holy. So um, they would have had emotions, but they would not have had, like, the unruly emotions, Mm -hmm. the out-of-control emotions. They were the the signs directing us, I suppose, like they're supposed Mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So with emotions, I mean... um, Art, I'm going to direct this question to you. There are like two schools of thought, the common thought that people have about our emotions. And um, could you just kind of describe what those two are, but the the third option that uh, you propose in this book? Well, one is that the emotions are absolutely the guide to everything. That's one very, that's actually pretty popular, I think, uh, model that's used today by most people. Is I should follow my feelings, and my heart tells me I should leave my husband, or <clears throat> my emotions tell me that I should quit the job or take the job. So that's one school of thought where the emotions are the center and the king and queen of everything, and you follow them, and that has a, a series of hazards uh, accompanying it. The other is, well, whoa, whoa, the emotions are not important, for goodness sakes, get over it. That's something for kids, for immature people. You know, we got to be radically rational and, and follow the rules of life and things like that. So the two, the two temptations are to, in a, in a nutshell, are to overly, overly prioritize emotions to the, to the expense of our rational and maybe moral side. And the other side is to demonize emotions as if they're totally irrelevant. Both of those lead to, at least on the mental health side, uh, pathologies and, and, and a disbalance in, in life. And I think... 
part of it, well, I, like Lorraine said, we wrote the book. One of us, we had a priest over for dinner. He said, the reason the confession lines are so long is people confess things that are in sins, like their spouse's sins, and then they confess their feelings. And uh, he said, you know, if we just stuck with the sins, we could get these lines moving and get people healthier. And so, uh, so I said, so yeah, emotions are not a sin. He goes, no, look at the catechism, Martin. So we did. And he said, oh, my gosh. So I was seeing this in counseling all the time, people wrapped around the axle. So those are the two extremes. The, the, probably the balanced view, the Catholic view, is, yeah, our emotions are very important. Our feelings are very important. Aquinas, Thomas Aquinas says, don't completely overlook the emotions. However, they, they shouldn't be running the show. They're really more like major consultants to our rational minds so we can live a better, fuller mm-hmm. life. So uh, I well, think that's, that's kind of where we're trying to all yeah. get to. Right well, I, we want to talk more about this. Um, you're, we are visiting mm-hmm. with Art and Lorraine Bennett about their book, The Emotions God Gave You. This is Catholic Women Now on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network, and we'll be back with more. One year after I graduated Catholic high school, I eloped to Las Vegas, Nevada, My husband was not Catholic, and at the time, I didn't really think that it really mattered which church we went to, because we all loved God and we all loved Jesus, and that was the start of my journey out of the Catholic Church, where I remained out of the Catholic Church for over 30 years. When I um, started to read the Bible, I could see that our Catholic faith is steeped in Scripture. I could see some of the sacraments in Scripture. I could see some of the liturgy in Scripture. I learned that the Catholic Church was started by Jesus Christ, who gave the authority to Peter, and it has continued in succession down to the present day. And that was the start of my journey home to the Catholic Church. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome back to Catholic Women Now. I'm Chris Magruder alongside Julie Nelson, and we are talking to our friends Art and Lorraine Bennett, authors of the book The Emotions God Gave You. And as we went out, it was like, wow, these guys are impressive. So yeah. I'm going to jump right into the idea of, you know, how can we be happier? Um, I liked your chapters. At the end of each chapter, you end with questions to consider. And one of the questions I came across what talked about people um, who were happier because they were grateful, forgiving, and generous. And so um, mm-hmm. the question to us is, you know, how do you, what virtues contribute to my overall mood with all that? How, how can I be that happier person, the more grateful, forgiving, generous person? Yeah, well, if I, if I can jump in, um, yeah, the, um, the thing that's fascinating about happiness is that we tend to think that our life circumstances are what really make us happy. And, like, so if I have a bigger house or if I win the lottery or, you know, if I'm always healthy, um, I have no illnesses, then I'll be happy. But, in fact, when they studied this, um, researchers have found out that happiness, is that life circumstances only contribute to 10% of our total happiness. And if you're looking at, like, this, total happiness quotient, as they call it, um, 50% is actually due to our disposition or our temperament, um, and 40% is due to thoughts, beliefs, and actions. Mm. And part of that is, so that's within our power. And, and, and on top of that, gratitude, they found that grateful people are more happy. <laughs> and as soon as we express our gratitude, 
we actually become more happy. So going around moping and complaining and all that about our life and how bad it is really makes makes no difference and makes us worse. And expressing our gratitude, which as a matter of fact, St. Thomas Aquinas even knew way back then. <laughs> and yeah, my, now we have to have scientists come and prove it. <laughs> yeah. my, my virtue for the year that I'm working on is gratitude. So this is perfect. <laughs> So why would she ask this question? Yes, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I think one of the the more common emotions that we all work through different times is anger or sadness. And often those come up without us directly willing it. And I I, I just remember as a young mom, I'd say, I'm not going to be angry anymore at my kids. Well, that was so unrealistic. Mm So. Um, Things happen instinctually. Yeah. You know? So how how can we ch- how can we work through this emotion of anger and sadness when they just rise up sometimes, surprising us? Well, that's a really it's a really good question. It's a real common issue. Like you guys said, it's pretty universal. Um, there's been a lot of a lot of really good research the last twenty years or so on on this kind of thing, and this kind of relates to Lorraine's answer about the gratitude. I mean, by the way, gratitude puts you in a mindset that will reduce your need to react immediately and help you to respond appropriately. So if if you hear the kids crying in the next room and you go in there and you're going to have to break up a fight or something like that, if as you're walking to the next room you kind of say to yourself, well, you know, thank God i got little kids. Of course, they, they, get, they get rough spots and stuff. So I'm going to go in there as I turn the corner to go in that room and help them out. I'm going to try to go in with an attitude of let me see, let me see what we can do here. Let me see how I can help them grow, and and maybe teach one of them to apologize or teach the other one to be more patient. But then when you get in the room, you you have you've amplified the distance between the situation, crying kids, and your response. And when you do that, then you can be more rational, then you can be more calm, and then the anger doesn't have to come in. What we want to do is we want to keep ourselves out of what we call Therapist called threat mode. When you're in threat mode, this, I hate this. Oh my gosh, this again. What are you guys doing? Your only two options you have are to fight them, fight the situation, or, or run away from it. And love is neither fight or flight, it's leaning in, helping. So, a lot of times, what happens a lot, helps a lot is to try to create some distance. We, Lorena and I call it amplifying the space between the situation and the response. And then it's possible to, to curtail the ang- immediate anger or the, or the kind of feeling of threat into one more of gratitude and opportunity. Yeah, you know what? Does that make sense? Yeah, I yeah. love that. And I think you cited St. Francis de Sales and how you suggest that practicing meekness and kindness and benevolence in advance of those times when you might get angry also will kind of right. do some of that, too. I, I really appreciated that thought. I was thinking... Yeah, when you know, today's is feast day, so we should just... Ask him for help, like right now. That's yeah. exactly right. Right, right. Yeah, well, he was great. He was great at creating that space yeah. between uh, disliking. You know, he was a big fan of hating sin. He was not a big fan of hating yourself because you sin. So uh, it's a really, it's a really fine cut, but it's so important. But he was trying to do is take us out of maybe modern language to say he was taking us out of threat mode into a more benevolent and understanding mm-hmm. mode, so we can really change and grow and not mm-hmm. just. Not just react angrily because something. Now, like you guys said, we will be tempted to react, but I think as we grow and we're trying to become more prudent and and and, and creating that space 
uh, as opposed to just reacting, getting out of threat mode and getting into a more constructive mode, I think is, is a big key. And there are and, times where anger is healthy. I mean, you know, we saw Jesus overturning the tables, not that we won't overturn tables, but I mean, <laughs> our, our emotion right. of anger, there's a purpose for anger. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, probably and in the ideal the world. Anger should yeah. motivate us to, uh, you know, to fight for, in, you know, for justice mm-hmm. and fight right. for peace. Yeah. But mm-hmm. so often, though, I think it's we kind of just give in to our anger, and that's where we get into trouble. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Are we usually the therapists? Usually, when they hear anger, they actually really think. It kind of gets back to your original question. There's underneath the anger is usually sadness. There's something sad here. It's hard to talk about. So rather than talk about the sadness, it could be my kids are being disobedient again, or how do I get myself in a situation where I have to handle these fights? Where's my husband? Where's my wife? You know, there's a, there's a, the sadness underneath. You get the sadness underneath, then you usually can, then you're paid dirt, and then you can get some progress and growth. So sometimes, not always, sometimes anger is righteous, and, you know, I got to put my foot down here. This is just not right. But many times it's just, it's just because I don't want to get into the sadness. I don't have time. Or I don't feel the trust is high enough. So I just bark out orders or I just intrude. So sadness and joy are, are very deep emotions that you do want to share with people as much as you can and identify in ourselves. You know? Yeah. Anger is kind of like the top to drill down to those emotions, I think. And also, you know, it's a little bit, it's about know thyself, you know, like uh, self-reflection yeah. Yeah. and that knowledge and then taking that knowledge and using it towards, you know, the choice that you're going to make. So the emotions and then our knowledge and our, our, our choices kind of all work together. Mm-hmm. Well, we're having a great conversation with Art and Lorraine Bennett. They're the authors of The Emotions God Gave You. This is Catholic Women Now on Iowa Catholic Radio Network, and we'll be back with more. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, since every religion claims to be true, well, then none of them are true? Even though this is not a very intelligent comment, it does not prevent people from saying it. G.K. Chesterton says probably one of the creeds is right and the others are wrong. Logically, most of the views must be wrong. But there's nothing logical to the idea that all must be wrong. Think about betting on a horse. Many people bet on the wrong horse, but some bet on the right horse. And sometimes even the favorite has been known to come in first. But that's the point. Something comes in first. The fact that there are many beliefs does not destroy the fact that there is one well-founded belief. So don't say that the variety of beliefs prevents you from accepting any beliefs. It's not logical. And it's not a very good way to bet, either. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Welcome back to Catholic Women Now here on Iowa Catholic Radio Network. We are speaking with Art and Lorraine Bennett. They are the authors of The Emotions God Gave You, and we've had a great conversation with them about emotions, and I'm hoping that all of you are finding some good good things here for your own life. But I want, I want to touch on a little bit, um, Art, with you about how our past emotional wounds affect our present-day emotional balance. And I know you gave a great case study in the book, too, that was real life I could identify with. Thank you. That's a great question. Uh, yeah, our, our past traumas, our past emotional wounds, some people call them sore spots, are very important when we're trying to grow I think what happens, particularly if they, of these things were in our youth, became part of our identity, maybe that I'm not a good person or I'm not really apt or I'm not really gifted or I'm, 
I'm too loud or too difficult. And what happens is we can retain those images of ourselves and have a very hard time letting go to them. So the example in the book is, you know, she never got any credit at home. She never got much reward from her, from her mom. And then her husband comes home and goes, hey, where's dinner? I'm looking for dinner. And she just feels like, here it is again. You know, I'm being, I'm being jumped on. I'm being shown to be inadequate. And she gets all upset. So that's an old wound that got triggered by her husband's perhaps a little bit insensitive comment. Which she probably didn't realize at the time, did she, until she started to take some time to kind of delve into that. And she was a young mom at home all day with kids, and, Mm. you know, the kids were acting up. Yeah, yeah. Wanted that a good adult conversation and and that kind of thing, not just to be told, get the the food on the table, babe, that kind of thing. But I think it's a combination of things, maybe an elegant entry by him, but also there's a past wound. The biggest temptation with the past wounds is to think that we can't change. Because there's some part of our identity of how we grew up. That's the major intervention, I think. And this is where grace helps and so the Church helps. Is that With Christ, we can change. So I think the main thing is to hold on to, I can overcome these past wounds. It might not happen right away. It might not be easy. So that's the major thing. The difference is when people give up the ability to change, then depression usually comes and anxiety comes pretty hard. So the first thing is that there is hope change, and you can talk to someone in spiritual direction. Sometimes if it's really depression, you want to maybe see a therapist. But it's just to get the tools to overcome that tendency that you cannot change and to see that, in fact, you can. That's the major thing that can happen here, that we don't have to be plagued by our past. But sometimes we have to work hard to overcome it. You know, that takes me back then to the idea of gratitude and recognizing some of those thoughts and replacing them. You talk about that, and you also talk about throwing yourself into the arms of our Blessed Mother, and seeking to live the mind of Christ, reflecting on Scripture. A lot of powerful things that you suggest to overcome some of that stuff, at least as first attempts. And, and all those suggestions are the—thanks uh, for bringing that up. All those suggestions are the opposite of being in threat mode. Mm, You're back yeah. in your heels feeling mm-hmm. threatened. These are all leaning forward going, okay, what can I do here? How mm-hmm. can I make this situation go a little bit better? And, and that's hope, and that's what turns things around and helps us overcome our past wounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very beautiful. Well, you wrote this book on temperaments, and uh, I know that's a big topic, but can you give us a little idea how temperaments can kind of affect our moods and emotions? Because, Lauren, you gave that statistic right. earlier in the first segment about yeah. temperaments affecting us. Yeah, truly 50% of our emotional uh, kind of our, our just our well-being or our type of our tendency towards certain types of moods, like some people are just naturally optimistic and they just are always looking on the bright side. And this is a temperament issue. And uh, same thing with some people are just kind of naturally pessimistic. Doesn't mean they're depressed or they will become depressed or anything like that. They just kind of tend a little bit to the pessimistic view. And uh, so this is all temperament. And the thing that's interesting is that also, like uh, the, the saints, the, I mean, we can all become saints no matter what our temperament is. So one of the great examples is St. Jerome, who had, he apparently had quite an anger problem. We were talking about anger earlier. And he, um, he struggled with that, I think, his whole life. And, you know, sometimes we do struggle with aspects of our temperament. And we try, our goal is to grow, as Art said, we uh, are not trying to change our temperament, but we are trying to grow in virtue. So our goal is to become more Christ-like and to grow in holiness and to become more loving and caring and compassionate. So we want to um, kind of 
over, try to overcome that tendency perhaps to fly off the handle, let's say, if we have that, um, you know, that hot button kind of response um, like St. Jerome had, um, and, and will grow in the virtue of compassion and patience and empathy. So I hear, you, I hear you saying an emotionally balanced person is somebody who's working or at least was working or striving toward virtue. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The positive thing to look for. Yeah, and we've mentioned several times on this uh, show how virtue, you know, so many people want to white-knuckle things. And you kind of talked a little bit about that in the first segment about how we view emotions and they white-knuckle it. But virtue is that yes. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like that opening up, letting those hands, unclenched hands, relax a little bit and Mm -hmm. look to the hope. Mm -hmm. Instead of the big no, what's what's the yes? Yes, what's the yes? Mm -hmm. And it's a higher love. Mm -hmm. It's a higher love Mm -hmm. and choosing that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the person who, there, the example in the story in the book of the woman who, there was a nun who was white-knuckling virtue, and basically she was not happy. She was getting quite depressed with this, but that she didn't have that higher ideal, perhaps. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, well, that gives, you know, it's just like it's all of us, right? Yeah. And we and mm-hmm. all become yeah. saints, too. Yes, yes, yes. Well, one last question, because we've got about a minute left here. What's the one thing that you want your readers to walk away from with this book? If there's one thing that they can learn, what would that be that you would want them to walk away with after reading The Emotions God Gave You? Yeah. Silence. Oh, silence. There's, yeah, probably, there's so much yeah, in this yeah, book. I thought going to say. <laughs> um, I think, that there's I think our emotions hope. are very, very important, but they're really the more the secondary. They're, they give us guidance, and then we can rationally and prayerfully make a decision what to do. I have a stomach ache. I got to address that. I can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. So then I take the prudent steps to get healthy. So our feelings are very, very important, but they are not the last word. They're just maybe the first chapter. The guide. We're going. The guide. Yeah. The guide. Opening our heart to something yeah. God wants to yes. do in us. Yes. Yeah. And Lorraine, did I hear you say it, it, it gives us hope? That there's and, hope. Well, there's always hope. Yes. There's always yeah. hope. There, in, where there's breath, there's hope. Yes. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen. Well, Art and Lorraine Bennett, thank you so much for joining us here on Catholic Women Now today to talk about your book, The Emotions God Gave You. I know you can get it on Amazon. You can check our local Catholic bookstore, Divine Treasures, for it as well. So thank you so much for your time today. God bless you. Uh, thank you so thank much you, for having Chris. us on. God bless you, too. Thank you very much. Do you want to do the last little prayer? I sure will. In the name of Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Oh, good and gracious God. We seek your guidance. We surrender ourselves to you. We surrender our will to you that you may come and do within us that you want to perfect us. Be perfected, not to be perfect, but be perfected in our striving to overcome our emotions and be emotionally balanced for the greater good of your kingdom. We ask this all in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Now go do impossible things with God. Today's Catholic Women, on the voice for Catholic Women Now, Iowa Catholic Radio. Do impossible things, you do impossible things, yeah.